playing? Was the music playing? No, the music wasn't playing. Okay, it was my fault. Now the music is playing. Now the music's playing. All right, Man, this so is what happens this. when you take the month of July off. Apparently. We have no idea what we're doing anymore. Hey, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come visit us one Sunday morning, 1030. If you're not local but looking for a good church to uh, watch online, a good Bible teaching church, uh, you can uh, watch us, again, 1030 live on facebook.com slash calvary316 or calvary316.live, which is a link to our YouTube channel. I do want to say one thing right off the bat. We are not a church that is into stealing sheep. So if you go to a church, you're local, uh, you've been plugged in there, and you're looking at jumping ship and going to another church, uh, do everything you can to stay there and be loyal and be faithful. But if you're not being fed, if you're not being ministered to, make it a last resort to leave. And, uh, And I think God's honored by that. So anyway, I'm joined as always by the man that needs no introduction, the maestro of this dysfunction, Pope Creighton Vaughn. How you do, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. I had a very nice July. You got a good uh, tan going from July, the I'm pool black. days. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's Still right. Black. Hey, everyone. That's how, right. Hey, everyone, if you're new and this is weird to you that that was the way that I was introduced, welcome Well, to I mean, you're Italian. It's just how? kind of an Italian glow. That's, that's it. You have that nice <laughs> olive glow to you. You're absolutely ridiculous. Hello, everyone out there. Hi, Mom. Explain the how the show works to everyone. Um, so basically what's going to happen is there's me and Zach and two more gentlemen who will be introduced in a second. I am going to introduce a topic. We also have an audience member. We also have an audience member. Her name a, is Sarah. A non-on-camera audience yes. member. Also, the camera's still on me because I'm still talking. Yeah. We got a new Again, chair just for audience. Oh we gosh. got a new chair just they for audience members. care about the chair. Well, it's, nobody can see it, but we did. We got a new chair for an audience member. It's a pretty so anyway, gangster chair. It's a gangster chair. Oh it really is. It's a low rider. You put it together. I know. Okay, but continue. I was also trying to put together what the show is about. Okay, You're continue. Right. Oh, my goodness. Continue. Jennifer says hi. Hi, Jennifer. Explain um, how that worked, because you haven't there. gotten to it yet. I will get there at any rate. <laughs> the way the show works, I introduce a topic. I know the topic. None of the other men in this room, nor the girl, know the topic. Um, and so then I make Zach make a Bible study out of it, and we discuss the topic. Sometimes it's a relatively simple thing sometimes it gets really convoluted and weird now now what is the outlaw radio show this is it's a live stream that becomes a what how how does that all work so we film the taping of our podcast and then tomorrow i will do the editing and post it onto would you say we film it or do we live stream it we live stream it technically we also film it we also never actually use the actual film well there's no actual we live stream the recording of a podcast yes and when does such a podcast the audio obviously get released usually uh the day after around midday on thursdays on thursdays yeah it will be thursdays eastern time around one or two o'clock we have to do that because you know i don't know if you're really aware (laughs) i know you're aware of this but we are an international show we are indeed we're an international we're global also i don't know how many people wait what did you say i was just saying hi to walter he's oh yeah that i mean that's our South African delegation. Yes. I, don't, I want to know if Walter's gotten his T-shirt. He has not. You did reach out to him? Yes, I talked to him today. Um, he has not reached it. I think things are still weird with their postal we system. We said that like two months ago. It's the other side of the world. It's in a shipping container. It's, <laughs> gosh, darn it. 
How's you're gonna see some. Vi- you're gonna see some video of Boko Haram, the Islamic terrorist <laughs> organization, shooting at people. Someone's got a, an olive green outlaw radio shirt that they stole off a shipping container that was meant for South Africa. This was a bad idea. Well, Lord knows you're gonna see video of Kim Jong Un, the outlaw radio shirt. That would be great exposure. <laughs> it would be interesting. I don't know. Great. I don't think he could fit into that shirt. Is that a no, thing? we sent it to Walter, who's not a small man. <laughs> I, I've never met Walter. I've never I'm just, met Walter either. I'm just going off the shirt size. It wasn't a small. No, but it was an XL. So we were also Kim jo- Jong-un is like a triple XL. We were He's also, a big dude. No, it wasn't a triple. Hey, That's there, only just no, Kim Jong-un. wrong with being triple X. All right, let's just go size. ahead and, and introduce. <laughs> and we, we're joined today by two buddies. We've got Spice Daddy. What's going on? Justin, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> well, I was doing pretty good until all the fat jokes. Uh, I know. I, I can't believe Creighton. I, I mean, wow. they were fat jokes. They were just XXL, XXXL You know what? Jokes. Do you know how many buffets I had to go to to stay in this kind of shape? As many. Right. Many. Hard work. I got to keep my figure up. <laughs> <laughs> also joined by a voice that's been in the ether here, uh, Mr. Vinny Himes. How you doing, Vinny? Doing good. We, we really haven't come up with a, like a nickname for Vinny. Vinny's yeah, been did. on the show quite a bit. But Dear, Dear Daddy. Dear Daddy. Dear Daddy, that's right. <laughs> Spice Daddy. And De- now, why would we call you Dear Daddy? Because I drove around North Georgia with a deer in the back of my truck, in the back seat of my truck. <laughs> a live deer. A live deer. Live deer. Not that's also true. I he's probably also story. done the, the dead yeah, he's deer. Don't, he's definitely a, done it with a dead yeah, deer, too. Yeah, but <laughs> what happened to the baby deer that you like adopted? He got hit by a car. And oh, I, no. I no, no, him before. back to health. No, no, after that. Oh, he hangs out. He's still around. His name's Buddy. He's still hanging around the property. Yeah, you can stand on the deck and yell Buddy, and he'll come running out of the woods. Be careful. One of your daughters might shoot him. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's a youngest. real possibility. Yes. Other than that, how you doing? Fantastic. You got, like, a, a cool vibe going. You got, like, some military-style anarchy shirt and yeah, I get NRA in hat. The dark. Is that an NRA <laughs> hat? It is. It is yeah. an NRA hat. Yeah, my buddy bought it for me. Yeah. And, of course, you got to wear it on the Outlaw Radio Show. Well, I didn't really plan. I just, I was literally like chilled out on the couch, done for the night. My wife's like, aren't you supposed to be on Outlaw Radio tonight? I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, right. the true story now came out. <laughs> we got a whole story earlier while you were running a little late. About now, rescuing his buddy. If it yeah, makes you, rescue, yeah, yeah, we got a hero story. Come to find out, he's snoozing on the couch. If it makes you feel better, I changed before, after work before coming here just so that wouldn't happen. Justin, nobody asked you that. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even think that far. <laughs> nobody asked you that. That wasn't. Thank you. Thank you. I should be nicer. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Creighton, what are we talking about tonight? Man, we... Hey, that was only a seven-minute rant, basically. It wasn't even a rant. It was just seven minutes of dysfunction. Of uh, just chaos. Well, we, we, it was all pent up. It's good, good, to be, good to be back. It's good to be good <laughs> to be back. Hey, by the way... Oh, boy. I heard a... Um, um, I, uh, I listened... I tuned in to a live stream because I, I was off. Last Sunday, the twenty third, so I was I was out of town. And I, I, I tuned into a live stream, and I heard this really uh, pretty solid up and coming pastor that was filling in at this little church outside of Athens. Um, what was his name? I don't know. Some Italian, some, <laughs> some Italian guy yeah. that filled in and taught. It was it was at Calvary. Th- it was Creighton. Oh, it sure that was. That was right. Creighton got his got some pulpit time. Yep. And uh, had a whole my delegation. Very first time uh, teaching like big church. It was a lot of fun. How do you think you did? Well, 
I got a lot of very good reviews. Because we have and, not talked about this yet, so we're going to do this right here. Okay. So Let's I got just a lot put of it very this good way. reviews. He got applause when I have not once heard applause after your sermons. That's that's just not necessary. <laughs> that was just not necessary. Although, you know, true. so well, they weren't sharing that I was done. They wanted more. <laughs> one of the funniest things I was actually uh, I was talking to Sarah's older sister. Is Sam, this one of the funniest things? Yes, about uh, the sermon that I did, and I said I was telling her that I got pretty good reviews, and she said, "Yeah, but." People would clap as if you said anything from the pulpit. And I was like, that's not true. That's a very true statement. And then she texts me like a half hour later with a clip from the sermon of me walking up and saying good morning and there being applause. <laughs> <laughs> she got you. She got you good. Oh, she got me real good. That's a good woman. That's Samantha Intrican. Man, we got we got we got two different intricans involved in the show tonight. It's wild. Wild stuff. So, so I mean, how do you? I mean, you were nervous. I was very nervous. Um, but I said almost every word that I meant to, and very few that I didn't mean to. That's a good. That's a good so, start. That's very important. Like I said, I got very good reviews. I didn't pee myself from nervousness, so I'd say I did great. Did you get any? Did you get any uh, criticisms? Uh, my or mom, helpful suggestions. My mom told me. Uh, this is great. This a is week wonderful. Later, my mom pointed something out. She waited me. a week. Yes. That was kind. She waited a week, and she pointed out a inconsistency in one of my statements from going through Peter's story. I end it with, and it, we're told it in the end of Matthew chapter 26, that Peter wept bitterly after the crow, after the raven cried its third <laughs> time or whatever. I can't remember even the words right now. The raven? The crow after the crow The raven, it was a rooster. Rooster crowed. The (laughs) raven crowed three times? Whatever. Noisy bird. What kind of robotics Bible are you reading? That's not even the point. It's a picture Bible. The point is that I said. It's a picture Bible. Couldn't tell if it was a rooster or a raven. It's a black rooster. You know what, fine. I'm just going to have the camera. I'm just going to stare directly at you. You're still on camera. I know, because I'm still talking. Go for it. So your mom pointed out an inconsistency. We just the rooster only crowed once. It didn't crow three times. That's that and so is... I'm looking. I was like, yeah, what are you talking about, mom? Of course it did. And that was just, that was very humbling because I'd been, you know, I got all these great reviews. I'm thinking very good about myself. And it's like, you just didn't read the verse, Creighton. You referenced it. Your mom you knifed you. Read it. She knifed you. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's why I love her. She brought you down. She humbled you. Yes, which is good. There's a time to build up and a time to tear down. <laughs> So uh, almost almost every just so, just so you feel a little better about it. So mm-hmm. it's always the people closest to you that will because they don't they don't care. <laughs> you know, people that care people people that really care about you care about your opinion. They're the last people to get advice from because they they just blow smoke. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh that was great in their mind. They're like that was terrible, but they're not going to say anything. Because they're longing for your affection and approval. Mm-hmm. But the people that already have that and just don't care about you at all, no, they they're the people that will give you the most honest feedback. So my wife, almost every Sunday, I feel like I preach my heart out, man. I'm, you know, you know, getting to bed at night, kids are down. I'll say, honey, how was the study today? And she'll just, she'll just kind of like look up from her phone and say, good. <laughs> and look right back down at her phone. And I'm like, I don't like, you do realize that I need your affection. Like I need your approval. I'm not going to get it. Nope. 
Now, when, when she just says, it was good, that means it was good. If I don't get anything, it was good. If I get something, it means it was probably not good. And I put my foot in my mouth and I said something stupid. So well, I know, never... I know Creighton's mom's watching right now. So all I can say is this, is as a congregation, we prayed that the Holy Spirit would speak through Kate Creighton on Sunday. And so we're glad you critiqued the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because the Holy Spirit was actually correcting the record, the, the biblical record exactly. that the, the raven crowed three times. <laughs> The Raven Crow. Yeah, rooster. no one even knew it was a raven. The translators, oh. Matthew got it wrong. Holy Spirit knew. Matthew was like, man, I, I really, I wrote rooster, but I'm, I, I never really thought that. Like, why would roosters be in Jerusalem? Clearly, it's ravens. I'm never going to live that one down, am I? No, and I can't believe you I think shared we found our that topic for tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know, you haven't asked me of my my input at all. You haven't asked me about it whatsoever. Yes, I absolutely have. When? How, how did the Holy Spirit we do talked that? When did we, the, how did the Holy Spirit do that? <laughs> the first time after we talked, after I taught, and you watched it, I said, what did you think? And you said it was good. I you, said exactly what Jessica yeah. would say. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I'm, I texted you that. Like, I'm not going to write my whole... Do you want my opinion? Of course I want your opinion. I thought I got do your you opinion. Want, do you want my opinion on Outlaw Radio? I don't know. Justin, what do you think? I always want to hear opinions. What was your opinion of it? It was good. Uh, this is a great way to start I, the show. I, wanted, I know, it feels great. I, as someone who's done many uh, presentations, I would have liked to have had the presentation ahead of time and made it a little bit, had time to, I don't want to say fancy it up a bit, but like make it, I guess, a clearer presentation and gone over it. Um, so you just thought it sucked. No, it didn't. Uh, I did think that he was, he kept looking down to read a lot. Yeah. Man. Um, instead of making eye contact with the audience, that, that'd be Man, my one three, spice three, daddy's three. bringing it. Uh, eye been contact in academia for 30 years. Eye contact. Although, uh, although in, in fairness, in fairness, doing this for the first time, you would rather gravitate on, on making sure your content is, is, is nailed down. Yeah. Versus, you know, that's that's a trade off. I, I think I think content and 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 the study itself was really solid and good. Presentation, Pre- presen- some work. presentation needs some work. Oh, that's, that's how I feel about myself. But not, in but, not mu- but not much work. <laughs> <laughs> it's just simple. It's simple stuff that you. It's simple stuff that you would learn in like a basic public speaking class. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's stuff that you would. It basically just stays in the back of your mind. So the next time you're up there, Justin, say if you had just tried harder, you would have you would have known that. <laughs> Vinny, you were there. No, I was working in Chris's shop, slave labor. No, that was this past week. You were there for Creighton, weren't you? I was not. I think oh, so you were there, kids? No, I yes, think he, I was. Teaching oh, you were kids. teaching kids. I was doing Sunday school. Yeah, you missed this past Sunday because I gave yeah. you crap for it. Yep. And you're like, oh, I was helping Chris. And it's like, oh, well, I can't give you crap. I would have much rather been at church. And then you were like, <laughs> yeah, well, I was, well, I was at this, the, I was at church the week you decided not to come. And yes. I was you're like, right. yeah, yeah, right yeah. on. So, Craig, here's my thought. Yeah. I thought it was a great study. I, th- I really loved the concept. I thought that whole concept, you could have probably even unpacked that a little bit more at the beginning, um, if you, if you were to teach it again, I think you can unpack the idea of um, certain things in the physical world God uses as spiritual illustrations. Um, I thought that was great. And then the idea of the immune system, that was a cool thought. Like, you know, I've thought about, we, you and I have talked about viruses before. Mm-hmm. 
what was the title of the message? It was the immunology of guilt? Yeah, which was I thought clever. Did you have a graphic? Because I couldn't see it on the live stream. Yes, uh, I had a graphic that had basically a bar with um, on one side you had the the AIDS and apathy, on the other side you had condemnation and lupus in the middle homeostasis. Okay, that's great, cool. Um, and then there were a few slides that um, that you threw up. We could like vocab words and stuff. By the way. Side note, live stream, let's include that stuff because we can easily patch that into the live stream itself. I agree. I wasn't able to that Sunday. Yeah. I was on stage. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to recruit volunteers to take care of this well, stuff. So. I, I was handling that, but I wasn't told to put it on there. So, I'd... Uh, Well, anyway, just a side note. Well, I think I think that would have been great. We all make mistakes. We Everybody has those days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, had, a perf- I had a perfect Sunday, so I don't know about you guys. <laughs> the, uh, I, thought, I thought the concept was great was really great. And I thought, I thought uh, the development of the idea um, again, I, I agree with a little bit of what Justin said. I, th- I think you, you, after doing it nerves, if you had done a second service, it would have been way cleaner, you know, cause mm-hmm. you would have gotten the nerves out and, but you only have one shot, which is, which is a bit of a challenge. The, um, the only thing I would have said, the only criticism I have, and not even criticism, that's the wrong word critique is at the end of the Bible study, you need a good summary. Mm. Like you needed a summary at the end because you kind of made your your final of the three points and then just ended. And then yeah. maybe figure out how to walk off the stage. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> yes. uh, That's a presentation again. <laughs> but like, it, like if you had if you had ended that last point and then did like a summary of like this is what the Bible study was about, mm-hmm. kind of landing the plane. Um, that to me would have been helpful just even as just a, a consumer of what you were articulating, um, you got done and it was like, Oh man, what all did we just hear? Like I was tracking, tracking, tracking. And then we just ended as opposed to having, again, that, that, that summary paragraph. That makes sense. To just kind of round it out at the end. Yeah. The only other thing is you prayed and then you pulled a Joe Biden and, and like, <laughs> I don't, you look, where do I go? I don't know where to go. You know what's funny? And you kind of just, and then everybody started clapping for you, and you you got all shy and bashful. You're like, oh, guys. Okay. Oh, oh. What's funny is, like, the post, like, after I said amen was the scariest part. Because where do I, I realized I realized at that moment that up the, the prayer was the last thing that I had thought about prior to being there. Like, all, like, you know. I thought about what I was going to say before I did my Bible study. I thought about what I was going to say during my Bible study. I never even thought, I never thought about for a second what I was going to do afterwards. So it was the first time that morning where I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought this one through. Everything else I had had play by play in my head that went mostly to plan. And then that was the moment where the plan ended and I'm just standing there. Well, it seems as though that that must've been Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden's problem. Every single speech he gets because he's like, yeah, he doesn't have the same newcomer excuse that I do. No, he's 100 years old. <laughs> so what are we talking about tonight? All right. So, uh, in coming up at the end of this month, we are going to be doing a new thing at our church. Once again, that's Calvary 316 that we call NUMA Services. Um, and so I'd like to, we can probably leave that to the end, what it is. But it's a, I don't know how to describe it, which will play into the theme. But it's going to be a new thing that we're going to be doing. Um, and so because of that thing, I would like to talk about what it means to be charismatic. Cause that's one of those things that I hear thrown around a lot and I have like a working definition of it, 
but I feel like there are a lot of nuances there that I don't, I just don't like know. charismatic in a general sense. You got to like, like get as a, more specific about what you mean by what like, does it mean to be charismatic? Well, like Christianese, what does it mean to be a charismatic church? What does it mean to be a church that falls under the charismatic umbrella with, in terms of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how we relate to them, how they relate to us? We would probably say like Pentecostal. Right. They would be the Pentecostals would be the would probably be the, the most uh, well-known charismatics. But I'm pretty sure Calvary Chapel counts as charismatic. Do we not? Because that would be an interesting conversation to have because I've always thought that I go to a charismatic church. Well, it's funny. Uh, people, people always say generally about Calvary Chapel, uh, it depends on who you ask. If you, add, if you ask a Pentecostal, we're Baptist. If you ask a Baptist, we're Pentecostal. Right. Uh, because Calvary Chapel, just generally speaking, kind of falls um, in, in, in the middle. And, and, and even within the Calvary Chapel movement, there are variations. Mm-hmm. Um, with within the spectrum. Before I kind of unpack that topic, um, I just want to throw it to you guys. See if y'all have any just introductory thoughts about the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, your relationship with the Holy Spirit, interactions you may have had with the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm going to unpack this in in, in a lot more biblical detail, some theology to it. But just want to just initial thoughts to the topic. I think for me, I I approach it through as a skeptic. Not that I don't believe the Holy Spirit is, is moving and there's gifts of the Holy Spirit, but, like, I'm skeptical about stuff. Like, you, you see, I, I guess, for example, when we talked about a few months ago that, that the revival that happened up in, uh, or was it uh, Kentucky or Ohio? Ashbury. Ashbury, yeah. yeah. Uh, seeing all this stuff happen. Or, or you, you <laughs> there's these great videos that are on social media. It has, like, this Pentecostal churches that are, they're all dancing and they change the music to like heavy metal or let the bodies like hit the floor. Yeah, stuff like that. And, and, and like, but like seeing actual stuff like that, I'm, I'm like super skeptical about that. And, and so as a naturally skeptical person, I tend to look, what does the Bible say is the criteria for this stuff to be real? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I for have, sure. I have to look at it. Like for sure. What does the Bible say? is the order of things for this to happen? And is there, is there historic precedence for certain things to happen within the church, uh, for this to be a, a real thing, a fake thing or, or something else, uh, like a test the prophets kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, and, and I watched a really cool documentary. I might've, talked about it uh one time on here or uh, it might have been an after outlaw outlaw radio dark or whatever we were going to call it uh, <laughs> which it's <which> just <laughs> the conversations that happen off air right that are, i think the most interesting <laughs> right and, and and i guess being naturally skeptical and then also coming from an anthropological background on stuff and seeing uh other religions and 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 cults and things like that uh, you kind of see what they do, and you kind of look at what certain certain denominations do, and there's similarities between the the two. And it, it's kind of is is this what the world's doing, or is this what God's doing? Kind of. Yeah. Thing. Okay. You, you see what I'm saying? Oh, for sure, for sure. No, and you know, I, I'll th- I'll throw in a kind of a story. So in Bible college, this is my first semester. And um, they had um, 
I think this was the last year they did this, but they had a, they called it a spiritual emphasis week. And, and all the normal classes were canceled, and it was like just a week of lectures on an emphasis. And that this particular year, it was on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, a pastor, um, Calvary Chapel in San Diego, I won't mention his name, uh, but he got up. He was the first session Monday morning, and he gets up to open in prayer, and in the prayer, he speaks in tongues. Just goes full, full blown, speaks in tongues. You say this is the first day? First day, first session. It's like 9 a.m. on a Monday morning for the spiritual <laughs> emphasis week on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this dude comes in and decides to open and praying in tongues. And then, and then he closes his Bible. He gets done praying, closes his Bible. And he says, questions. Which like rub me wrong right from the beginning. Yeah. And well, so, so that's obviously not the Holy Spirit. Cause why yeah, yeah. Do that? I, I don't, yeah, the I Holy don't Spirit doesn't want to rub anybody wrong. I just felt, I felt odd about it. And, and I got really, um, cagey, I think after that, exactly what you're saying, Justin, like testing the spirits, which the Bible tells us to do. Um, and then I, I had a friend that was, I think even more, I, I don't think he was way more cagey than I was. And so there was a, uh, one of the evenings, there was this afterglow session to let, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit function, blah, 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 blah. And we had learned about the gifts of tongues. We had learned about the, the need for an interpretation if it's in the assembly for the edification of the body. And my buddy goes, this is all bull, bull and I'm going to prove it right now. And so I'm sitting there, you know, my head down and he stands up. And I mean, just goes off and just totally made up tongues. Like, <laughs> like just, just goes off in this whole thing. Very char- charismatic. You know, I mean, he, his delivery was impeccable. And then he sits down and I'm sitting there just like, I can't believe he just did this. And he goes, wait, he goes, watch. Sure enough appropriately the pastor that was overseeing it was like, Hey, we've, we've had the gift of tongues. Um, let's wait and see if the gift of interpretation is present. Um, so we, you know, they gave it a minute. Sure enough. Uh, and this is actually a friend of mine, which made me feel even worse. Across the sanctuary stands up and gives this full, like, you know, interpretation did, did they say thus says the lord right which is a thing i don't okay. know I, I don't know if he's if he led with that or not because if it's thus saith the lord then it's not tongues it's prophecy because tongues is a love language between you and god it's not god speaking to man it's man speaking to god in my heart i don't have the words to express it the holy spirit gives me an unknown tongue which we can talk about later um the, the specifics of tongues but um so I know for a fact, I mean, this just, it was all nonsense. And then we get an interpretation. And then it's like super spiritual from that point forward. Oh, the gift of tongues is working. And I turned to my buddy. And I was like, dude, you don't even know. You just spoke in tongues. <laughs> you thought you were making something up. You were speaking to God. I hope you were saying what you needed to. But like the testing of the spirit and the skepticism that goes into it. And, and we do live in a very rational kind of culture. We, we kind of gravitate away from mysticism. 
uh, we're Greek in that sense of the very uh, analytical Aristotle um, uh, linear way of thinking versus Eastern uh, philosophies. There's more room for mysticism. Uh, we, we're, we, we do bend a different way. And I had a pretty similar one with tongues, but I went to a service when I was in, in another area of the world. I know you hate it when I talk about this. <laughs> anyway, is that, is that where they lean more charismatic? And uh, it, it was a certain church group that had come from the United States to this place. And uh, they were, I, was, I thought it was just going to be a night of you know, teaching and, and songs and stuff like that. And so I had some friends that invited me. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll show up. And then they started, <laughs> they started doing this healing school or advertising for a healing school, learning how to heal and stuff like that. And then I was just sitting there. And they were just basically using mass psychology, stuff I learned in psychology, psych 101 in, in undergrad. And they're, they're basically like, I feel like somebody in the room has stomach problems. Oh, they were cold reading. Yeah, and, and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's one of those things where if you're somewhat skeptical about stuff and you, you, you've read a couple of books, you start you're, – you're, Excuse my. This is a mani- it's a manipulation technique. It's a manipulation yeah. which made me angry because right. I was just like you're 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 going against not only what the Bible kind of says the order of operation is, but like you're just getting people's money from this. That's that's right. all it is, and that which rubs people the wrong way and 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 distorts the overall conversation, no doubt. Vinny, kind of your your interactions with this particular topic. I mean, I try very hard not to ever answer a question with I think because nobody really cares what I think I try to answer with facts and the facts are the whole point of the Holy Spirit or gifts of the Holy Spirit is our one goal on this planet is to bring others to Christ so what good does a bunch of people flopping around on the floor at church on Sunday in front of a bunch of other people that flop around on the church on Sunday do for anybody right I, I met my wife in a Pentecostal church and that's what I witnessed there and it was embarrassing like it, it was completely an act, and I was a kid. I was in eighth grade when I witnessed this on a grand scale for the first time, and I was like you. I got pretty upset. I didn't want to be there, and in eighth grade, as I witnessed with this show, it was just fake people acting fake for other fake people, and it wasn't doing anything to bring people to Jesus, so I didn't understand it. Right. It didn't make any sense to me in a factual world. So the facts to me would say if there was somebody present in the congregation that could benefit from seeing somebody speak in tongues, maybe they needed that in their walk with Christ or, or their battle against Christ, I could see a place for it. But I don't see there's no factual reason it should happen every Sunday in the same congregation, yeah. in the same church. And that was my one and only experience with it. So I, in my mind... A charismatic church is when we see a new person show up in our congregation I try to watch them I watch their mannerisms I watch how they react to your sermon I watch how they react to the prayer like normally I'll bow, bow my head and close my eyes when you're praying but if I see somebody new in the congregation I'll watch them and if you say certain things that trigger a <clears throat> nervous twitch or a reaction then that tells me that person you just you just charismatically said what that person needed to say. The Holy Spirit said it through you. 
and that person got what they needed that day. That's a charismatic church to me. Yeah, no, for sure. Like when you when you let everybody know at the beginning and end of each sermon, this is not me teaching you. This is the Holy Spirit working through me. That's a charismatic church. We are 100% a charismatic church. Now, if you walked up there every day and just said, this is the study of the Bible where we're at, and we're just going to go through the motions, I would say that's not a very charismatic church. We're just reading the Bible and yeah. studying it in order. But we don't do that, and you don't do that. You know, sometimes you go way off kilter, but that's where you were led. That's so I, th- I think I think we've we've touched on a general sentiment with the topic itself, which I I do think kind of gets the essence of what you're asking, Creighton, and that is the sense that, um, I have no problems being a charismatic church because I think that that is a biblical church. I don't have any problems being charismatic. Because I think that's a biblical approach and belief within the Holy Spirit and interaction with the Holy Spirit. The problem is, is that what we would call charisma in that sense <clears throat> has been completely given the, a wrong rap and has been given a, a distorted presentation by what we would call charismania, um, which is an unbiblical hyper-spirituality um, that, that isn't rooted in Scripture um, and has thus given... And again, you know, we've this is a common theme. <clears throat> you have pendulum swings, you know, within theology, where it's like you have the Holy Spirit. It's like, well, the Holy Spirit does this, and it's crazy. We're running around, killing people, barking like dogs, flopping around, and you're like, whoa, 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 that's that's crazy. And so, what's the reaction? Well, we're going to swing. Well, the gifts aren't for today, you know. Like, we don't have any of that. Clearly, that's crazy. So we don't have any of it. And it's like, whoa, well, like pump the brakes like let's look at what the bible has to say so very quickly if you guys will indulge me i'm going to just kind of go through just a broad understanding of the holy spirit we have three greek prepositions in relation to the holy spirit holy spirit is the third person of the holy trinity the holy spirit is is a person equal as jesus and the father um he is as equal god as as the other uh, is the Holy Spirit's to be known, to be interacted with. It's not a mystical force. It's not an essence. It's not an aura. Um, in fact, I would make the argument that for the Christian, our interaction with God is mainly through the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our advocate in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Uh, Jesus is making intercession, but for our day-to-day needs, um, we pray to the Father in the name of the Son, but the application, the manifestation of God's work in our lives is the Holy Spirit. It's why Jesus said, hey, I got to go to the Father. I have to leave earth and go to the Father. Why? Because if I don't, the Holy Spirit can't come down, and you need the Holy Spirit more than you need me. That's provocative. You know, for Jesus to be like, it's more important for you to have the Holy Spirit than, than my physical presence. And why? Well, because the Holy Spirit exists in the spiritual plane and is omnipresent as a result. Jesus is not omnipresent. Jesus in a, is in a fixed location at the hand, right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is what indwells us and gives us salvation. The Holy Spirit is, is who we interact with. Jesus is, is, is our advocate. The Father is on the throne. The Holy Spirit is who we're living day to day with. So minimizing the role of the Holy Spirit, I, I don't think a church can speak enough about the Holy Spirit. I think this this will be controversial. I think we're sometimes too Christ-centric and not enough Holy Spirit-centric. 100%. Because Christ did his work, and he is seated, and his plans are for our future. Now, yes, there is he's our advocate. 
and you know he intercedes for us but the holy spirit you know again the the, the book of acts is not is not it's not the actions of jesus it's not the actions of the disciples it is the actions of the holy spirit through christians it is a book of the activity of the holy spirit through people so the holy spirit's with us it's a greek preposition and he's with everyone and the goal of the holy spirit is to convict us of sin lead us to jesus the Holy Spirit, whether you're a Christian or, or you're not, you're having that interaction with God when he's convicting you of sin and he's bringing Jesus into your life and he's pointing you to the cross. He's convicting you of sin. He's bringing other believers into your life. You know, he's, he's trying to point the way. Now, at some point, this, the Holy Spirit being para or with, parallel, para, the Greek preposition, then the Holy Spirit comes in. So when we finally like relent, and we give our lives to Jesus. We accept what he did on our behalf. And we want to become a new creation. We call it rebirth, regeneration. The Holy Spirit then comes. He's not just with us. Then he comes inside of us and he changes us. We are, what was dead is now alive. The heart of stone, as Jeremiah say, says, is replaced with the heart of flesh, the spirit. We're made alive in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's what makes us safe. That's why... When God looks at us and he declares us to be righteous, why? Because he sees the Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us. And then the Holy Spirit, we get, we're get we given this third, um, we got para, we got N-E-N, and then we have epi, um, or upon. So when Jesus says in, in the first chapter of Acts, hey, go to Jerusalem, wait for the, the, the Holy Spirit to come upon you, for you to get dynamite, dynamis. Um, the the power, wait for the Holy Spirit. So which is which is interesting. So there's the the with bringing us to Christ. Then we're saved. But then there's something beyond being saved. There's an interaction with the Holy Spirit beyond regeneration that Jesus determines to be needed, and that is this outpouring, this uponing. So if you think about it, think of and, and a good illustration of this is if you if you have a big bowl full of water, and you have a glass that's empty. And you take the glass and you put it in the middle of the bowl. Well, that is para. The, the water is around the glass. Now, if you then take, take uh, another pitcher, so the, the, the water is around the glass, but then you fill the glass up. So now you have water around the glass with, and now you have it in. It's filled. Those are the first two interactions. But then if you keep pouring, it's no longer in, but now it's outflowing. It's flowing out of the vessel. That is this epi interaction with the Holy Spirit. And we see that manifesting in two different descriptions given to us in Scripture. We have what's called the fruit of the Spirit. Um, again, this is not the fruit of you. This is the fruit of the Spirit in you. And, and we have it's a beautiful passage. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And this is this long list of beautiful things that are foreign to me intrinsically, but with the Holy Spirit in my life now outflowing from my life, there are things being produced. And that's the idea of the imagery of fruit. Uh, you know a tree by its fruit. Um, you know an apple tree because it produces apples. Um, an apple tree won't produce bananas. Um, we have the fruit of the Spirit being produced from what? The, well, it's the nature of the tree, which is not you, it's the Holy Spirit. And so as we walk with Christ and as we walk in the spirit, we won't 
fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's these manifestations of good. Th- In fact, for the believer, anything good that manifests from your life is not you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need a whole lot less of you and a lot more of the Holy Spirit. So we have in this, not just the, be, the starting point, the in, the regeneration, but then the upon, the outflowing, we have fruit that manifests from the Holy Spirit. The other description is what's called gifts. And Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I would say that this is probably more intrinsic if fruit, again, I do think it's the outflowing, fruit originates in the indwelling. I think the gifts of the Spirit have the same dynamic. They, they begin with just the Spirit being in us, but they manifest from an outpouring. And there are gifts that God gives us. Um, I think generally that then the Holy Spirit supercharges. Um, for example, you know, one of one of like you have the gift of encouragement. Like encouragement is listed as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Do I think you can have? that you can be an encourager without the Holy Spirit? Sure, I think there are people that are just intrinsically encouragers. Like, you, you run into them in the secular world. They're, they're just genuinely nice people that that are just, they're just their exuberance. They're encouraging. Um, is that a gift of the Holy Spirit? No, that's just how God hardwired them. That's their physical nature. But if you take that person and then you pour the Holy Spirit upon them, what happens? Does the gift go away or is it supercharged? I think it becomes supercharged. Like that encouraging is now Holy Spirit filled and, and, and gets taken it gets taken in another direction. Another gift of the Spirit is, is the ability to teach or lead. Now, do you need the Holy Spirit to be teach? No, you have school teachers, you have people that teach. But if you take that natural gifting and you supercharge it with the Holy Spirit, now, now like the sky's the limit to what God can God can do. So I think a lot of the spiritual gifts are somewhat rooted in the way that God made us, but then they, they find their fulfillment and gifting and fuel the powering and that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So you have these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, the gifts of the Spirit, generally speaking, so fruit manifests from the individual. Um, the way that Paul describes the gifts of the Spirit is that they're intending uh, for the uh, and betterment and blessing of the body of Christ. So the entire purpose of the the gifts of the Spirit is for the edification of the church. So like gifts of healing, edification of the church. Gifts of leadership, gifts of teaching, gifts of encouragement, words of prophecy, run down the long list. They're all for the edification of the church, the assembly, with one exception, and that is the gift of tongues. So when Paul talks about the gift of tongues, he says, hey, I, I speak in in tongues more than any of you. He, Paul even says, I speak in, in the tongues of men and of angels, which means it's entirely possible to not only speak in an unknown tone foreign to yourself, but one that's not even planetary, but is supernatural, the, the language of angels. Is the gift of tongues real? Absolutely. Is it a manifestation of the Holy Spirit? 100%. What's its intention? Well, again, the Bible says that it is, it is a, a Holy Spirit gifting to the heart that's trying to express itself. Have you ever been in a situation? Uh, Justin, this, this will be a little bit limited to you and, and Creighton, but Vinny, you'll, you'll, this will resonate with you. You outpunted your coverage with your wife just like I did. Oh, yeah, big time. I, I have no business being with Jessica. Like, there is no reality apart from the amazing grace of God as to why I am with Jessica. Uh, <laughs> really, why she's with me. 
you can you can ditto that for yourself, correct? Oh yeah. So have you been in a situation where you're just so, whether it's an anniversary or your wedding day or whatever it was, where you're just so overwhelmed with emotion, you want to express yourself to your wife. You want her to know how much you love her, how thankful you are, how blessed you've been. But, but like literally there's just a limitation to human language. Like you can't find, like, for example, you just, I can't find the words to say what I really feel. Yeah. You're, you build the whole sentence or conversation up in your head and you're like, it just sounds so cheesy and stupid. I'm not even going to say it because it doesn't do her justice. Which is why we just bailed, pulled the ripcord and let Hallmark write stupid <laughs> statements. We buy a card for it. Like, well, language doesn't work. I'll just go with something cliche. But, like, you're in that moment where, like, words just can't help you. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Well, within our relationship with God, there are times where in prayer or in worship where we want to express ourselves to God, but we can't. We can't find the words. And let's be real. English is a terrible language in regards to its ability to express itself. It's not expressive. Koine Greek is, is, is a much better language. For example, there's four different words that you could use that we all translate into love. So I can say I love my wife and I love my dog and I love ice cream. I'm using the same word. It doesn't do a good job. It doesn't serve me for expression. So there are times where like my natural language does not help me express myself to God. So we have this gift of tongues. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. So we're no longer speaking in that moment in a known tongue to us, but in a foreign tongue, which allows the brain to kind of detach from the heart, soul, and allows the Holy Spirit to help our, our internals express ourselves to God. Now, that's why the majority of the times tongues, because it's a love language from me to God, isn't of benefit for the assembly of the church, which is why it shouldn't be there. Because what I have to say to God is between me and God. It's not between me and you. Um, so most of the time, this is for self-edification, which is why Paul even goes so far as to call it the least of all of the gifts, which is why when you get these charismatic churches that place such an emphasis on tongues, they're, they're, they're not being biblical because Paul says it's the least of them. It's important. It's good. But as far as the church goes, it really doesn't have a place. Paul would say, Speak in three known tongues, then 3,000 unknown. And then if there's an unbeliever in the assembly, be very careful because you seem like a weirdo. I think that's a paraphrase, yeah? It, all of this is a paraphrase. <laughs> so my, my point is that tongues by design is to be a love language between us and God, which is why what Justin said earlier, if you ever hear someone interpret tongues as, thus saith the Lord, you know it's not tongues. Because it's not about the Lord speaking to me, it's about me speaking to the Lord. Now, can tongues have a place in the assembly? Sure. But that's why Paul says it has to be accompanied by the gift of interpretation. So someone speaks in tongues to the Lord, and then God gives and he manifests a, 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 the ability of someone else to interpret what was being said so that the rest of the assembly can be blessed by what was communicated. So if someone sp speaks in tongues, you should wait, is the interpretation here. If someone interprets that tongue, and it's like, this outpouring of love and admiration for the Lord, that can edify, right? Wow, man, that, 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 I, I'm, amen and amen. Agreed and agreed. So I have a question on that aspect of things. Yes. Can you refuse the gift at that point? Listen. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like yes. somebody speaks in tongues, God appoints an interpreter, that interpreter doesn't interpret. 
well, got shipped that over to somebody else, or if like how how do you distinguish between something that that's real and then something that's just well, let's take let's take a step. Let's take okay. Well, I guess the, your two, story from before is a good example of that. Like what two different two different answers. So, if I was in charge of a service, and the gift of tongues was demonstrated. I would take a moment and say, is the gift of interpretation there? If the gift of interpretation was there and that, that, that was tested and felt genuine. Cause you know, the one thing about phony, you can tell it, you can read through it in a hurry. You know, when something's genuine and if there's an actual interpretation, then Hey, if there's someone else that wants to speak in tongues, that's great. The gift of interpretation is here and we'll just see. If there is no interpretation, then I would just kindly ask that we would not have any manifestation of the gift of tongues because there's not an interpretation. I would shut down the gift of tongues if there's not interpretation because it's not for the assembly. So it's, there's no business being there. Take it home. There was, I was in Bible college after all of this. I was so pessimistic. I was sitting up upper hillside by myself, beautiful little spot of grass, just wrestling with all this. And I was like, Lord, I don't get it. I don't understand this. I, and I was praying. And out of nowhere, man, I just, and it was me by myself. I just felt, I felt the Holy Spirit. And I spoke in tongues. The only time I've done it. I've never spoken in tongues since. But it was such a satisfying thing for my soul. And, and I think for the time, it was the Lord was like, this is real. What you've seen is a distortion of it. It doesn't mean that it's not real and that there isn't an appropriate place and a time for these things to happen. Um, my dad has the gift of tongues. I don't know if I should say this, uh, but um, my dad and I went through a real hard time uh, when I was leaving Calvary Stone Mountain and Calvary 316. There was just a lot of conflicting personalities. I am my dad. <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, uh, we we're very much alike. And so there was some, (laughs) thank you, Creighton. Uh, There was some tension. And I went to the pastor's conference uh, at my dad's church, and um, we hadn't been talking much together. And, uh, man, this is a very personal story. I don't know if I should continue. Should I continue? I don't know. I don't remember what. I should continue. I don't know where the story goes. I'll continue. So there was a time of communion. So there was worship and communion. And those type of times I I genuinely gravitate away from. I'm not a big, I don't. Like, I'm not an emotional Christian. I'm, I'm a pretty stoic Christian, which the Lord's been convicting me of late. Like, that might be my gravitation, but that doesn't mean that that's always right. God is emotional, too. He made me emotional, and I shouldn't shy away from that. Um, so there was a worship session. There was communion. They had these stations. So I walked down to, to my dad. My dad was at one of the stations, and they were distributing communion. And I went down to get communion, thought it would be a good gesture, some solidarity. And so I went up and my dad gave me, we took communion together and he, and he let, put his arms on my shoulders, kind of leaned in. It was not a show. It's kind of dark. It's just him and I really, although the sanctuary's packed. He started praying for me. And then halfway through the prayer, it switched to a language I've never heard before. And I'm thinking, I did not know my dad was Portuguese. Or Arabian. I don't know what it was. But it was tongues. And and I knew it. And he was 
pouring his heart out before the Lord for his son. And I don't know what it was. I don't have, the, I didn't have the gift of interpretation. I have no idea what it was, but it was like, I walked away. I gave my dad a hug. We were both crying and I walked away and it was like, that was a hundred percent real. And that was a hundred percent the Holy spirit. And there's not a single person that can tell me otherwise. It's real. Do people take advantage of it? Absolutely. Is it twisted? Sure. Does it even get a bad name and a bad rap? No doubt. Again, again, the difference between being charismatic and charismania. But it was so real. So real. So, you know, how do you know? Well, there is a bit of faith to it. And there's a bit of testing your own spirit. Now, the Bible does say let everything be done in decency and in order. I think sometimes when a gift manifests and it's and it immediately results in attention grabbing, you're like, whoa, wait a second. I'm not sure that's appropriate. Like, that's not the intention here. Not, it, the intention of, of the gift of the Spirit is not to bring attention to yourself. It's to edify everybody else. You see what I'm saying? So again, you take a biblical idea of it. We shouldn't be afraid, but we should approach it with um, a measure of wisdom, respect, decency, order, but we shouldn't be afraid of it either. Like words of prophecy. Again, you know, if someone says, thus saith the Lord, you know, someone comes up to you and says, hey, God gave me a word for you. And they tell you, God is saying that you need to go to South Sudan. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Spice daddy. And, and you're like, you know what? Thanks for that. I'll pray about it. But I need God to confirm. Like I don't. I don't need a priest. I don't need an. I don't need somebody. I have Jesus. I have open access. You know, you you're saying something to me. I should take that. I should pray on that. I should bring it to the Lord. But He has to confirm it. You know. No, I think if it, it would be an opposite where you're already thinking and praying about going to South Sudan, someone said comes up to you and says. God's telling me you need to go to South Sudan. That oh, would be that would be a confirmation. Affirmation. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wish that would happen more often for me. Uh, yes, but, uh, me too. <laughs> and I, you know, for me, like I often like, I, I think I describe this stuff more of the character of God, where God is a God of order and not chaos. Absolutely. And yeah. I think when you Amen. see when you see chaos, that that's a good indicator that it's it's not biblical. That's a, that's a powerful tool to bring people away from God. Now let me give you let me give you an example though that I think is is fascinating. So, uh, John Corson, who used to pastor uh, Applegate Christian Fellowship in Oregon, he tells this story that they uh, they they took a, a whole bunch of fam a whole bunch of couples on a marriage conference. They rented out this kind of nice hotel, rented out the conference center to have the sessions, and uh, but one of the conditions of the contract is that they had to have an open bar um, in the conference center. That was just part of the contract. There was no way around it. So John was like, that's fine. We're not going to use it, you know, but you have to staff it. We'll pay for that. It's part of the deal. No big deal. So they end up having an afterglow one, one, one evening and someone spoke in tongues. Right. And so John s stopped the service. Just like I was uh, explaining says, well, is there a gift of interpretation? Nobody responded. So John said, you know, hey, there's the gifts not present. We're going to not do the, the tongues anymore. We're going to move on. No problem. Well, things get done. People are filing out. The bartender, who was this Arabic man, with just tears pouring down his face, comes right up to John. 
and says, what was that? What was that? So John kind of explains what they were doing. And he goes, no, 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 the lady that spoke those beautiful words. John was like, and he, and he explained that he was from this very remote nomadic tribe that had their own unique dialect and language. Like very few people speak this. He doesn't even speak it as his native language anymore. It was his language of his childhood. And this lady was speaking in that language, declaring her love for Jesus and all that he had done for her and how she had, he had changed her life. And he understood every single word and wanted to know how she knew that language. So John had to explain, well, she didn't. This is what this is. And we stopped it because the gift of interpretation wasn't there. But apparently it was. And that's amazing. It was just the bartender yeah. who wasn't a believer. But he needed to hear that. And he gave his life to Jesus. Well, I that's think you see, you see that a perfect example of that in the Bible where it says that they went out to, to teach and everybody was hearing their own language. And it's like, they were, they, were they speaking in different languages or were they hearing, hearing the same language? And right. It could go either way. But it's a useful gift to bring that young man to Jesus. And that's, that's why you just let the Holy Spirit do his thing. Exactly. But there was order to that. Amen. Right. And oh, I, uh, and God blessed the order. Right. It wasn't as though that God's work was restricted because John shut down tongues from that point forward. Right. No, God's purpose was still fulfilled. It wasn't like we were limited. We, we take a biblical approach. We're limiting the work of God. No, not at all. Like God's not going to get a strike by us taking the bumpers down. You know, you know like... You know, throwing it in the other lane is not is that's not the intention. You know, God's gonna hit, hit what He needs to hit. The bumpers are just because we're morons. Speak for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> Pastor Creighton, Pope, Pope Creighton. We need to see if there's a Pastor Creighton at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm gonna check that out tonight. We should look into that. The uh, no, that's a great topic. So the reason that Creighton kind of brought this up is that. You know, kind of evaluating our church, Calvary 316, I love our Sunday service. I wouldn't change anything to it. We emphasize the things that need to be emphasized. We teach God's word. That's the primary objective. But we also have a healthy time of worship that's not tethered to any tradition. We allow people to kind of do what they want. Stand, sit, kneel, raise your hands, close your eyes. You do what you want. We have communion available because when we gather, may, may the Lord's table do this in remembrance of him. We have an elder in case someone needs prayer. Uh, there's times before and after service for fellowship, koinonia. Again, our Sunday service, I think we emphasize what needs to be done. But my heart is that I just haven't felt like there have been space for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifested through everybody else. And so what Creighton was alluding to at the beginning of the show is that on a Wednesday night coming up, April, not April, August 30th, we're going to be doing what we call a NUMA service. It's unstructured. We're doing a free spaghetti dinner. Uh, and, then, and then for an hour, hour and 15 minutes, we're going to have a time of worship, time of communion together, and a time of just waiting on the moving of the Holy Spirit and see if the Holy Spirit will manifest um, in individual gifts, uh, not just my gift in the teaching aspect, but in the gifts of encouragement or prophecy or even tongues interpretation if that's necessary. And so we're going to give space for that. I think a lot of churches 
uh, should do that as well. I think that that's something that that's that people are are genuinely afraid of. Um, again, that's the charismania giving it all a bad name. When man, can you think of a more charismatic human being than Jesus? Right. True. So I think I think a little charisma is not a bad thing at all, and just let the Lord do His work, and and let the Lord work through other people in the in the body of Christ. Uh, teaching, preaching is an important role, but it's one of many, and you should give room for for those gifts to manifest. And so, uh, we only have one scheduled. We're going to see how it goes. So I'll report back. Um, that that Wednesday night will be the night that we're actually off of Outlaw Radio. So uh, it'll be the the September. Uh, Wednesday after Labor Day that we give a report on on how it all went. So any any final thoughts you guys have? Is Do we have any comments online, Creighton? Um, not really. Not much today. Uh, like I said earlier, both Jennifer and Miss Ann say hi. Miss Ann. I hope you're doing well, Miss Ann. I hope you're feeling healthy and good and uh, and, and recovered. They uh, just moved. I'm not sure exactly where, but they moved out of Grayson. So I hope the new house is nice. Uh, switch over. I hope the new house is close to Calvary 316. <laughs> the uh, I, I will say Miss Ann, of, in particular, had my final doctor's appointment, clean bill of health, two days ago, went and had my x-ray, totally clean. Uh, God has been good, and uh, starting, I'm almost there with these fingers. So, uh, Miss Ann, thanks for your prayers. Yep, and then uh, Colette said yes. I'm not sure what exactly she was uh I She's agreeing to. with it all. Yeah. She said, yes. Uh, same thing with my mom laughing. I'm pretty sure that was while we were making jokes about the crow. Once again, rooster who crowed. We shouldn't have the same word for nouns and verbs. Anyway, um, I thought this was a good well, episode. You, you get on that soapbox and make I, that your... I could get on that soapbox easy. I feel very strongly about words. Hey, so, this, so like one of my favorite radio guys was Rush Limbaugh. And he had Bo Snurdly. Mr. Snurdly was off air. And so he, but he would talk to Mr. Sturdly, so you could you could only hear Rush, but you couldn't hear Sturdly, and it was kind of a cool technique. So uh, she has no microphone, but Sarah, uh, not only were you here for the Outlaw Radio Show in person, you have to lean forward so I can see your face in person. Uh, but this was your first show, period. How how was it? It was good. We're going to go back to it was good. It's like my wife. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was good. She's not snoring. Personally, for me, I feel like it sparked more questions than answers. It, it's, it's, so Sarah said it sparked more questions than answers. Well, we got a minute. What, get, you have a question? Charismatic church in a bad way. Usually rattlesnakes or other venomous <laughs> snakes being involved is, is a bad way. That's a good one. Personally, I can answer that. So eighth grade, I went to a Pentecostal church and experienced a very severe perversion of the gift of tongues. It was not a gift of tongues at all. It was 100% fake people acting fake. It literally pushed me away from church for four years. I did not go back to any church. Um, it, because I was at a point in my walk with Christ where I was a bumbling idiot, and I was seeking for answers and looking up to adults to give me those answers, and instead I saw a bunch of adults acting like fake idiots. And I, would, I walked out of there, literally, if this is what Christians are, I don't want to be one. 
Like, I don't want the world to know that I have a personal relationship with Christ if those people are what that is. And it took me on a four-year, uh, literally, I just spent all my time snowboarding, rock climbing, hanging off the side of cliffs, talking to God. And it took him thumping me off a cliff and breaking my leg to, you know, we pray for things all the time. We pray and we ask God, uh, show me where I need to be, God. Put me where you need me. And then we fight it. We fight against it to a fault. And I spent four years fighting God when he was calling me to do certain things. And finally, he just thumped me off a cliff one day and broke my leg and put me where he needed me. And I decided I didn't want to force God's hand anymore. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to test him anymore. And I was going to listen much better. And I started literally listening to the Holy Spirit that day. And it took years of recognizing those those tugs and pulls and then I'd say by the time I was 35 I really got to a place where I could actually listen to the Holy Spirit and conversate with the Holy Spirit and answer his callings but as far as your question bad charismatic church that's what it did to me well and I, I would say that I don't mean to what I'm going to say I, I, there's not a, a shameless plug but would you say that, that that transition in your life, Vinny, also coincided with Calvary 316? Yeah, absolutely. Because so you, you when, came to a church that you saw it in a real way. So I, I left that church in eighth grade. I met Chelsea that day, and I was not really attracted to her at all in a romantic way. It's just she was there, I was there. And then we kind of intertwined in a group of friends. So... I'm glad I went that day, and I'm glad I saw what I saw because I never, ever want anybody to think that I'm a fake Christian. I never want that to be a thing. Uh, I only want the Holy Spirit to speak through me with what he wants to be purveyed, not what I want to purvey. Um, I've seen a lot of Christians force their Christianity or their Christian talk down other people's throats, and it's a massive turnoff. And so... I always pray for God to give me opportunities. And then when I get those opportunities, I pray that he'll do the, all the talking because I'm an idiot. And so, so yeah, I ended up, when I fell off the cliff rock climbing, broke my leg, I was in Colorado, came back home to Montana and wanted to actively find a church. Well, it just so happened I broke up with my girlfriend that day and she was best friends with Chelsea. And so she said something as we broke up. She was like, well, you're such a prude. You should date my friend Chelsea. She's a prude, too. So I ended up calling Chelsea the first day back in Montana, <laughs> and she was going to Calvary three six or to a Calvary Chapel in Hamilton, Montana. That's what brought me back to church, and it brought me to Calvary Chapel. So I'm glad it happened. I'm not bummed that it happened, but it showed me something yeah. very disgusting in a church that I never wanted to carry on. Um, it's easy to fall into those things and fall into those churches where you act a certain way, and, and the congregation admires your acting but that's not our leading that's unproductive so, so let me give you let me give you uh sarah a really good example of of how bad it can be like like why this is a why this is something to consider it's a very easy example churches that we would call more charismania versus charismatic um so paul talks about the gifts of the spirit and they can manifest in each of us individually as, as our relationship with the Holy Spirit exists. But there are churches 
in fact, most of the predominant, what we would call um, Pentecostal churches, uh, Victory is one of the ones around here. One of the dangerous things, and I think is, 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 is again, I'll just say dangerous, is that they'll say that you're not saved unless you speak in tongues. That you're not filled with the Holy Spirit unless, you're, unless you speak in tongues. That they, they connect speaking in tongues and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. My problem with that is you can't give me any biblical backing to such a preposterous idea, which leads some people that might get involved in such a church, and they're like, well, I don't speak in tongues, so I, now I'm not a Christian? Now I'm less than a Christian? And they'll even do classes like, well, we'll teach you how to teach. In, we'll, we'll teach you how to speak that in tongues. That happened to Chelsea at yeah. that church. We'll teach you. We'll, we'll you got to do the thing with your tongue, and you kind of got to let it go, and then it'll start going, which is all contrived and fake, and that's not the Holy Spirit. And ridiculous. And ridiculous. But they'll do that. I mean, again, the biggest Pentecostal church is that they believe that the indwelling of the Spirit always manifests in the speaking of tongues. So if you haven't spoken in tongues, you haven't been filled with the Spirit. Which means you haven't been saved. Which is destructive. And can you imagine being in that dynamic? Right? And, then, and, and you're like, wait a yourself. second. And you're now doubting your, like, your relationship with the Lord. Because now you've placed a work as being essential for something that should have nothing of your work involved at all, but Jesus is. So I would say that like that what's dangerous, the easiest way to tell is the Bible seems to be pretty clear on these things. Can you just read the Bible? It's pretty clear. Like, it's not complicated. People overcomplicate tongues. Just read what Paul writes. Like it's not a big deal, but people deviate from the teaching of God's word. And then you run into all kinds of complications and weirdness. And it can lead to condemnation where someone's like, I don't feel like I'm as good enough a Christian because I don't do this thing. And it's like Jesus's heart was broken because he's never asked that. See what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Any other questions? Are we out? You're good. You're good now, man. We should have more guest more often. Like she did better than Joe. She asked her she question did. before we ended. She didn't know. We, Joe, her dad, was was guest once because he doesn't want to be on air. And we got, we gave him the opportunity. He gave us nothing. And then we got done. Literally five seconds. After and he had like all these great questions. And it was like, what the heck, man? <laughs> he asked a question. It was like. That could have been the whole episode. That could have been the whole episode. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, so thank you for being uh, the best intricate. Uh, as always right that's funny guys any parting parting thoughts we good i'm good seek god test the spirits read your bible god is a god of of uh, order and order and not chaos see you later i'm here for it creighton you i thought this was a good episode i very much enjoyed it um if you'd like to see me talk about biology for 45 minutes Oh my gosh, we're getting It'll a plot. It'll be on our Calvary 316 uh, YouTube page. We're getting, we got, yeah. you're self-promoting. about biology and guilt. You're Two things that affect me greatly. self-promoting. Actually, you were I know. Way, That is absolutely a shameless Actually, plot. he was way under the 45, he was like 10 minutes short of 45 minutes. Shh, don't say that. Oh, listen, we had, we had multiple people that were ready to bloviate for as long as, yep. long it was needed in case, the real fear was that Creighton would have a seven minute Bible study.
that that the 35 minutes of information he'd cram in about seven minutes no one could understand. You far exceeded that yes. expectation. <laughs> like Let's, I said, I said most of the words that I wanted to and not so many that I didn't want to. So that's very good. If people want to submit a topic or, or a comment, uh, how can they do so, Creighton? PopeCreighton at gmail.com. That's Pope spelled like the Roman one and Creighton spelled C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N at gmail.com. So final thought and then we'll bounce is uh, don't be afraid of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're for the edification of the people around you. They're for your blessing. Long for the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Again, going back to the controversial statement, I think sometimes the church is too Christ-centric when we should be Holy Spirit-centric because it's the Holy Spirit that we're interacting with on a day-by-day basis, which is important. So with all that being said, you've been listening, watching <laughs> to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you are listening to the podcast, next Wednesday, 8 p.m., we go live. If you are watching, check out the podcast. It's released tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, that audio is available on all places you can find podcasts: Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, not just leave a, 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 not just like it, leave a review, pass it along to friends. A little bit of promotion never hurts. Again, you can reach out with comments, questions to Pope Creighton at gmail.com. Once again, my name is Zach Adams. So glad that you joined us. You can learn all about the show. You get links to all this information by going to outlawradio.org. God bless. See you next week.